0: Hello
1: and welcome to Fortified Niche uh, podcast about the smaller, uh, d- uh, the smaller miniature war games out here. I'm your usual host JC Dent, and I'm uh, joined by my always charming co-host Kassa.
0: Hello, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is a very interesting thing that we have uh, today, and it's. Uh, Somewhat of, well, I'm not going to say a controversial topic, but one that really gave us a lot to to think about. Today we're talking about The Silver Bayonet, which is a new Napoleonic gothic horror uh, skirmish war game by the uh, well-known A. McCullough, and it's published by Osprey Games. Um,
0: Thanks to Osprey for the review copy, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, this is a good disclaimer and stuff. Uh, good. Like, you know, I, while I do declare that I am entirely willing to bite the hand that feeds me, it's still a good uh, good uh, practice to tell people that we did get the game for
0: free. Um, that we didn't get told what to say, and there was no financial incentives to give and review leaning either way.
1: Yep, yep. I mean, other other than the incentives, you start feeling like, oh, I have to play nice so I would get the
0: access to first. Further- I sure do like free things. and would like more free things. Yes,
1: but please give me free things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK, so uh, uh,
1: Joseph A. McCullough is a well-known name in people who play Osprey games, and I guess uh, in the general alternative war game uh, groupings, he did Frostgrave, Stargrave, uh, he also did Rangers of the Shadow Deep, which I which I had also gotten for free ages ago. Uh, and if uh, memory serves, he was the guy behind Oathmark, one of the first games we reviewed.
0: Yeah, so it's the Osprey gave us this one after that review, but you know...
1: Well, you know, uh, it, it, it's definitely not the first and the second Osprey Games uh, game we're reviewing because we also had uh, Force on Force. That's true. But anyways, so, as I mentioned, The Silver Bayonet is a Napoleonic horror game. Uh, it delivers that on a... What I had to say is a, basically an excuse plot for this stuff to happen because, like, as uh, the book goes, hey, Napoleonic wars happened, and then people started hearing like battles happening in the sky, and eventually they got every supernatural investigator to somehow uncover a myth or a prophecy of harvestmen, which are entirely nondescript, somewhat quasi-apocalyptic spirits that just feed on the misery of mankind. Uh, so, every major power establishes special forces units basically to fight the all sorts of fake creatures and vampires and myths that harvestmen have been calling forth by their misery derived powers. So, uh, the game gets uh, its uh, title from the silver payonets ba- that the British are giving out to their. Supernatural fighter units and uh, Well, and the game will refer to the units uh, partaking uh, In these uh, supernatural expeditions as the silver bayonet units
0: And it's as good a setup as any for this kind of uh, skirmish game I mean
1: um, One thing that one thing that like, you know uh, a, a bit, uh, Threw me for a loop a little was that I expected harvest to be something like the uh, uh, I don't even know how don't remember how those guys are called the deadlands, but uh, like you know. Oh yeah, the is Yeah, something like a more of more of, more of a personal power, like a personalized power, but uh, they aren't. They just exist, kind of somewhere. And
0: I guess yeah, those it, are more um, for hospital apocalypse kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: you don't know any of the individual Harvestmen, only that they exist. And I guess it makes sense considering the scope and scale of the game.
0: Like, you're not going to be... Sh- never a problem you get to punch Death.
1: Yeah, you don't, you don't get to, you don't get to uh, introduce Death to the Fist of Dread in this one. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically just an explanation uh, of why you're taking your brown bass and shooting a fairy in the face. So, uh, <laughs> with that out of the way, let's <laughs> let's talk about the rules.
0: Yeah, they seem fine. Like the rules are just he's uh, changed from two day twenty plus stat to two day ten plus stat plus stat. And uh, he even tried to do
1: something interesting by. It's not that you're just rolling uh, two detents, it's just that each of the detents has its own name. One of them is a power dice and a skill die, and the other is a skill die. And uh, some weapons and some results key off of specific uh, dice, so like uh, a regular hand weapon deals damage based on the power die, while uh, a fencing weapon uh, deals damage based on the skill die. I don't think the system goes much deeper than this, plus the rerolls that exist in the game.
0: Like, uh, no, no, not particularly. Uh, but I, I will say that I love it as a mechanic. It's like your dice roll, your attack rolling damage roll, are now one roll like they were before, but the variance is much reduced. I mean, yeah, uh, doing away
1: with d20 is a massively good decision as in every game where you can remove d20s i guess except infinity but um and there is some subtlety that's pro- probably hard to describe in distinguishing the between the two die i and i guess the faith pool comes into play more here because the fate pool the faith pool is uh you have it's it's basically your reroll reserve. So you start the game by having two skill, two power, and one monster die in it. And while monster die has many uses, the others have far fewer. One of them one of them being rerolls. And if you want to do a reroll, you have to have a matching dice. And unlike with uh, say command points in Warhammer 40K, you can't just bloat the fuck out of this pool and it basically doesn't regenerate during the game, so... Uh.
0: Yeah, there is one attribute that gives you an extra die. Um, and that missions will let you get dice as treasure. It, it makes me think a lot more of a much more limited soul stones, like from Malitho, which you can burn for like bonuses to hit, um, damage reduction, healing, adding, special, uh, adding suits to your flip. Yeah. Much more limited.
1: They're they're definitely much more limited because the skill and power dice we are basically used for either uh, rerolling the equivalent dice or uh, reducing damage. So, which can I? Which can the, I either no sell the attack or uh, uh, give you uh, a reduction of half the result you rolled. So either you reduce some or reduce. Or just destroy it outright. Other than that, like we mentioned before, the uh, base mechanic is pretty simple. You roll two d10, add them together, add your stat. Hope you beat the target number for attacking uh, for attacking enemies. That's usually uh, the defense, uh, their defense stat, which is fairly static because you have very few ways to uh, modify it. Like Sure, you can be in cover, but uh, being in cover is like a minus one reduction, which is on a two on a on a on a d twenty that would be like a five percent. I don't know if the math changes on a two d ten.
0: Oh yeah, I think it's just a flat ten percent. Uh,
1: well, you know, I I don't have math on my brain, but uh, so yeah, uh, that's that. Those are basically <laughs> uh, those are basically the rules, and you. Uh, the weirder stuff, uh, where you can get quibbles, come from like uh, the uh, third mechanic, which is you want to oh. go over that?
0: Um, yeah, I, I kind of hate his initiative system. After perfecting it in Oathmark, he's gone back to this.
1: He's gone back to doing frost Grey.
0: Yeah, so I roll my 2d10, you roll your 2d10. The types of dice we roll don't matter, it's just straight up who rolls the highest. Uh, double ones from either of us, or both of us, cause monsters to appear. Uh, double zeros, or rolling a hundred, either of us causes a, um, a special event. The special event is something like a scary sound covers the horizon, or your guy might be encouraged to fight harder, or everyone's soldiers makes a terror check.
1: Yeah, which, is, which was basically the f- literal first result we rolled for, like, our first check. Like, everybody has to make a terror check, and if they fail, they are basically useless for for, for a turn.
0: Uh, uh, I did forget to add my Courage stat to that, which made my which meant that my officer wasn't paralyzed with, like, terror, which means you can't do anything at all for the whole game. So he's just moving, really like, first turn... Just fight minus one. Hmm. But
1: yeah, so like, but after you resolve this nonsense, the way the turn goes is like the oh. the one who won. Oh, in- I hate it. The one who the initiative player moves half of his units, rounded down. Then the monsters take a move. Then the player who lost initiative moves all of his units. And then the initiative-winning players moves uh, the rest of his guys.
0: Yeah, and, and half round the down is such a brutal amount to do the first turn with.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially since you didn't heed the advice of having maximum amount of dudes possible, which is going to be in this game eight. But uh,
0: yeah, I had six. No, I had seven. Yeah, but uh, Casa won
1: initiative basically every time we ran playtesting. And he was never happier for it.
0: No, you don't want to go first. I don't want to move my guys up to the objective. Have all of the monsters shoot at me, and then have all of your guys shoot at me. Also, you said monsters move. Monsters don't move. Monsters have guns. Monsters have no incentive to move.
1: Well, only specific monsters called bandits and stuff. Basically, nobody else. Ha- no, no, no. Other monsters have guns, but if they do, they don't That's do fair. anything. They stand in the, at the spot and shoot at you. You might be like. 1.1 inch away, and they're going to be like, no, no, I'm reloading and shooting.
0: Yeah, they shouldn't reload, or they reload and shoot, or they charge.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Which is fine, like, that's a very simple way to run monsters, and there can be a lot of monsters on a board, and that's, like, not the worst.
1: I mean, this game has 20 monsters or something in the bestiary, so you're not going to do the Blackstone Fortress AI system for each one of them, like, you know. Their movement and action tables, but uh, yeah.
0: but if you that's the one you have for monster dice, where you can be like, Oh, the monster's gonna shoot me, so my dice. No, it's actually shooting you. Don't also use your dice against me because that would be, I don't know what happens then.
1: Yeah, yeah, and monsters can be controlled by having like by spending your monster die from the fate pool, which basically, uh, you can reroute them, re- make them retarget, and there are, I guess, a few other uses, but you basically want to do that one. Uh, so and and this also comes into play because of the scenarios that are in the book and one of the one of those that we chose for the play uh, the ones the the ones that have bandits are basically the only ones that have monsters just present on the table at the start of the game and bandits don't do nothing else but uh, reload and shoot at you so you basically have these uh, turrets that are just shooting at you without moving, which is... Uh, it makes sense in the scenario, maybe, sense, but it's not interesting, s- cinematically speaking.
0: I was trying to find the mission that was, yeah, I think it was... Last Stand. Last Stand? Yeah. So you've got ten bandits, one of them is a changeling. And it does the bandits all do the infinity thing of, oh, you shot at me, I will shoot you back. Yeah. This-, this is very funny, because in the example text, the person... Initiating the firefight, loses the firefight, and then has their monster, has their character get murdered, and that very much sets up what you expect shooting to do in the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, this 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 you can say plays a little into the initiative system because, like, hey, uh, this is Napoleonic warfare. You're not like going full auto with these babies. You have to. Uh, when your characters have your characters have two actions one of them is a movement and the other is like an actual interesting action but if you stay standing you can use the move action to reload your gun so there's a lot of initiative to never move and always shoot especially considering that the board lengths the board sizes are so small and you can basically reach out and touch someone almost from your deployment zone every time uh, yeah,
0: the board caps out at 36 inches or two and a half by 2.5 feet is the other alternative suggestion. Yeah. And we weren't playing on terrain light tables, but rifles could still be like, oh, I'm just going to shoot that guy. If they walk anywhere between this point and that point, they're dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. And, the, and I guess I, I don't know where, where we started this discussion on. But well, I guess we can get at, at the bigger issue of uh, of the rules as they do with as as they're concerned with depicting Napoleonic warfare or depicting like what you would expect Napoleonic warfare to be, and is that they uh, don't <laughs> uh, as as flavorful as the rule goes. Having to reload your gun is as is the highest Napoleonic point uh, of it here, because uh, as we started playing, and even by as we started playing, we immediately came up with ideas and fixes how how this would make it feel more period appropriate, and this is like uh, making rifles and muskets actually more different. Actually different from each other because they're identical except for two things rifles get plus six inches of range and They use skill die for damage instead of power die now uh, As anyone who's uh, seen sharp knows uh, (laughs) rifles (laughs) were rifles were the actual accurate guns of Napoleonic era it's like one of those one of those things where you actually hit stuff you aim at but they were slow to reload and uh, that's not represented in the game at all it reloads as a musket and i did the i wanted to and i was uh, and i was playing russians and i wanted to have a jaeger character so i gave him skills and abilities that would let him like you know move through cover and stuff like do, do stuff you'd expect from a guy that was a poacher or something and that was hard-pressed and that was press-ganged into frontier duty, uh, run around with a rifle, do that stuff. And he didn't. He didn't have to. No. He no. just stood in place and just like, blam, that guy, blam, that guy, I have a rifle.
0: Yeah. It's it's wild. I, I'm not quite sure what his um, touchstone media he's trying to recreate here is. Um, there's no... Like appendix saying, like, hey, if you want to get in the mood to play this game, you know. Yeah, yeah. Watch Sharp's practice or something. <laughs> yeah. Or Waterloo, the, uh, you know, like, there's none of that. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: not... A, or, like, what what was that show that has Merlin in, in, uh, in the Napoleonic Wars? Uh, because, like, th- th- there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff like that. Like, cavalry is... Having a horse gives you two inches of movement, and like those five percent increases decreases in combat. And as Cassa said, it sucked because like getting eight inch movement instead of six isn't much when you can have a when you can have a officer out of uh, out of like
0: yeah, the first one you pick can have seven inches of movement,
1: so which my did, which my dude did. So he was basically as fast as a horse. Yeah. And depending on sprint rolls, which is like spending your action to move further, my guy might have been faster than a horse. If he had desired
0: to move, which he didn't. Uh, But like. Being on a horse is just worse in every regard, except for if you make it to combat. Yeah.
1: If you make it to melee, which is a big if. But horses is just like. You're less accurate with guns, even pistols. You're. uh, there's really easy to hit because you're bigger I don't remember them being easier to hit it's just that they had get a lot Oh, just like you take like it's, yeah They just get bonuses in the melee where they hit harder and hit more accurate and it's harder to hit them in melee But you're not moving that fast to avoid getting uh, shot in the face And if you take the single piece of body armor in the game, which is the breastplate you lose one inch of speed and you gain one damage reduction. So, like you know,
0: you which muskets and rifles and every firearm. Every firearm, <laughs> except the pistols. It's so funny. I the, the pistols
1: don't the, the the pistols don't ignore armor. I don't believe so. I don't remember, but I'll I'm going to check easily because uh, the kind people at Osprey provided us with a. PDF, and what do you know? That PDF is well bookmarked. Okay, pistol. Yeah. Uh, ignores armor.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. Sorry.
1: So, yeah, everything. Blunderbuss, pistol, rifle, musket, volley gun, ignores armor. So
0: Anything ranged ignores the one breastplate you can get. Yeah, so,
1: uh, uh, because there aren't any bows or crossbows or slings or throwing rocks in the game, basically, it all ignores armor, so you're just... If you're going for melee you probably want to go not the cuirassier but maybe the hussar route and just get in there faster. But like yeah, it's 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 like you don't it, it, it doesn't it entirely misses the feel of why cavalry is scary to infantry, why uh Napoleonic cavalry like why Napoleonic infantry stood in those rows and in, and in those uh uh-huh. Uh, squares and stuff like because ho- ho- dude on horse is scary unless you have a gun that can fire quite a few times and uh, considering how little movement horse gives you this basically becomes it because even on a like 30 inch map it will take a horse rider uh at least at least two two or more turns to cross it at full gallop if he's rolling good on his print rolls
0: yeah, because most um, of the deployments I saw, where you get to deploy up to two inches onto the board, yeah, and then they can make and then they're moving between at least eight to maybe twelve inches, probably ten inches a turn, you know. So that's three turns to get there. Yeah, yeah. So that's assuming you are like trying to fire a rifle, but if you fire your rifle, you're not firing anything else. Yeah, yeah, and like
1: uh, as we as we talked, uh, as we talked about it before, definitely like. It doesn't give you incentives for like closing in and giving the enemy the cold iron uh there's really no reason to go for the whole wait till you see the whites of their eyes because there are no range modifiers for shooting like your musket is but at.
0: there is not a single positive range modifier
1: yeah your 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 musket is as accurate at 24 inches as it is at firing point blank which you might start talking about how accurate an individual musket is, at what ranges, and how do those ranges map onto a skirmish table. But I'm going to say, it just feels bad. It, you, you, sh- I don't think a Napoleonic game should encourage you to stand at the corner of the map and just pl- plink at anything with a goddamn musket.
0: Yeah, it encourages you to not be on a horse. And not to move when you shoot. Yeah,
1: because if you because if you move and then shoot, you get a minus one modifier. And if you are on a horse, you just get a minus two modifier just for having the audacity to be on a horse.
0: And most uh, most default guys will have fight or shoot plus one, maybe plus two. Yep, yep. And so straight up, if you moved, you're at flats versus uh, most of the soldiers you can hire. Uh, bet- uh, def- def- defense 13 or 14 which is what you're trying to equal or beat on your 2d 10 plus stat. Yep. So straight away you see how horribly difficult it is to just shoot someone. Yeah
1: yeah like uh, grenadiers and guard which is basically top tier infantry have defense 15. I mean 14 meanwhile if you have a heavy cavalry man the, the heavy the heavy horse rider who is speed five due to his breastplate, despite being probably the one Napoleonic warfare dude who has to be like you know used to doing everything in armor. Uh, he has accuracy one and a pistol, so uh, if he if he rides and shoots, he doesn't do much. And also, pistols only have like an eight inch range, so you have to get close to get, to get full benefit out of your minus three penalty to shoot. Uh, so nah, riding a horse is a bad time in, in this game, which is which is yeah, again, doesn't feel very Napoleonic to me, and like just how not getting close, not having any incentive to get any closer with the
0: musket, and also like, I f- yeah, it really blew my mind there wasn't like a positive short range modifier, like, not to bring up other games, but you think about Infinity where both guns have a good range band, or like Force on Force, you had the optimal range being the target's quality, which was very clever way to do that. There's nothing here, there's no like, oh, if I get to like, if my cav gets to within four inches of you, that's a bad time, because all the pistols are going to hit a on plus one, or like something cancels out. Some of these penalties, because it's just a game about penalties.
1: Yeah, and even the penalties, uh, and even the penalties don't work hard, because you can't can't really make them work for you because, as we mentioned before, uh, your cover penalty is just minus one. That's it. Unless you have Master of Cover, it's just minus one, no matter whatever, no matter how it how it happens. And uh, well, it's kind of a bad time because. As a person being shot at, you can't do much to not get shot at, aside from shooting people. And as Castle yeah. mentioned before, even the book, even the book example shows that a guy shoots, either misses or wounds the guy, and then the other guy shoots back and kills the guy. And which is yeah, So same- when
0: you get shot at, you have the choice of reactions: you can either dive for cover, which is a two-inch move not towards the enemy, you can shoot back if you've got a loaded gun, or do nothing. And uh, like you could say, Sorry. oh,
1: this is what happens in Infinity, right? But it's not. In Infinity, a, when, in Infinity, the exchange of fire happens at the same time. So you're encouraged to shoot back because if, if you have good odds, yeah. you're encouraged to shoot back because you might cancel out their fire and then shoot them. And if you dodge in Infinity, you're actually dodging the attack. In this game, you can dodge after the fact, which is like, don't feel good and uh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, so and also in infinity like there's the burst there's the burst difference if you're shooting back if unless you have special rules You are only firing a single shot while the active uh, while the active dude sh- fires his full burst value Which can be like two three four whatever. whatever uh, so There's a bit of a bad feel there, and I think Joseph understands how violent the shooting is in this game because he says if you have any doubt about cover, give them cover, so, which is a necessi- necessity in the game, where a d10 is uh, good enough to blam most uh, non-special characters uh, in this game. Like the uh, the regular infantryman armed with musket and really nothing else, he has 10 health, so you can easily shoot, shoot them down in a single turn of
0: fire. Yeah, your priest, your doctor... Your regulars, your men, all have health ten. Like that's not like so two shots, two average hits, and they're gone. Yeah, and sometimes it can be just one shot. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that that that, that 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 does that doesn't work out great. Uh, and also we talk, we also talked about how uh, uh, bayonets don't have anything to 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 be other than a hand weapon, like they don't give you any charge bonuses or anything. So again, you have no reason to get in close and stab them in the gut and like, yeah, yeah, we can talk about realism and that, like, you know, nobody really wanted to get into the stabby stabby bits of Napoleonic Warfare because it's actually scary and bad, but uh, we're also playing a game where I'm shooting a werewolf with a blunderbuss, so I don't know. And, yeah, and if
0: the game has things to make to like represent like if something scary or hard to do you can make a terror check or something yeah and yeah exactly like well are you gonna try and kill me be like yeah don't don't hurt me like remember
1: we played the uh, forbidden psalm which has you have to get the morale you have to do a morale check to attack a downed enemy like because yeah. the game's the game's point isn't about killing the other guy it's, it was getting gold was getting the gold and treasure and it's getting the fuck out of there so you could you could have done that and you could and i guess some people would argue that these suggestions for making it would make the game more complicated to which i say no just having bayonets have plus 1 to charge or something uh, attacks on charge or having muskets have Bad accuracy at like 24 wouldn't complicate the game much. Like there aren't that many rule there aren't that many rules around, and just like uh, making rifles longer for to reload or uh, muskets bad at range wouldn't wouldn't take that much up that much more space. Yeah, there
0: are three modifiers for guns. An extra one or two wouldn't bloat like the page count.
1: Exactly, wouldn't increase the uh, the uh, I don't know the mechanical difficulty of the game, and like having more options for defense, like I guess it's basically the warhammer issue.
0: Is like no, you you can't oh, do I'm much. I'm fine with cover being yes or no and it's a flat number. Yeah, like if it go going that way, like if you've got if you're touching a wall and it's between you and the other guy, you're fine. Yeah, I, 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 that that was one of the things I was going to suggest. You can do intervening
1: cover. That's minus one, basically. Have that for everything, but and then an actual good cover that would encourage you to get into the actual good cover,
0: like hug a ball and stuff, uh, or action to do it, dive for cover, increasing your cover. Just do something,
1: and uh, yeah, uh, so, so uh, it, it leads a lot. Of, uh, it, it leads a lot of bad feel where you think that the rules. Encourage don't really encourage interesting and cool gameplay and don't contain the Napoleonic flavor that you'd want to have Which is a shame because And we don't have a separate section of the uh, of the podcast to talk about because the missions are Fucking dripping the flavor Uh, One of the like the second mission, I think it's the second scenario of the game where you have to, where you hear that a enemy agent got marked and you have to recover his signet ring to prove that he died. And then you have to go to the spot, investigate, find him, and then find the goblin that killed him. So it works on, on two angles. Uh, for Napoleonic, uh, Richard Sharp action stuff, looking for an agent and recovering his signet ring is. Period as balls, and also for Gothic horror and stuff, going for going into like the bushes and the murk to look for a corpse, and then finding that some supernatural creature killed him. It's also extremely, like you know, uh, atmospheric. And then you get the other scenarios, which also do stuff. Like the second scenario after Last Stand has a possessed guy with some bandits in a ruined monastery and there's special rules that there's like wind, so you have war accuracy and stuff. And that is extremely fitting. That these scenarios entirely sell the game.
0: Yeah, it's just a shame the rest of the game doesn't lead up doesn't let you do anything with this cool like gothic horror type stuff. Yeah I mean it 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 does that gothic horror, but the gothic
1: horror part is not Happening on the player part, you know, you will hear not the ones initiating horror; we're just the ones experiencing it And when it comes to it, we don't have that many options To dealing with to, to, to like, you know, dealing with it or As the as the players playing as the Napoleonic powers of the time we don't have Many ways to make it feel actually in na- Napoleonic so uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shame how big of a break exists between the uh I think the awesome scenarios and the plentiful list of monsters, which is like, like 20 or so, which is like, they're not, they're not like, you know, imaginative new monsters, he came up, there just like vampires, ghouls and stuff. And But they're there, there's a list of 20 monsters, you don't have to go make up your own shit, though there are suggestions how you can do that. And there's a plentiful, there's a plentiful list of attributes you could add. And, uh, Casa, <laughs> why did I say attributes in such a weird voice?
0: because it's dumb. The dumb thing that's dumb. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, uh, oh, you're gonna... such a guy's stats and also his attributes. Okay, cool. I'll give him, like, plus five and stuff. That's great. Oh, I forgot to give him any traits or perks or abilities. No, no, no. Those are called attributes.
1: Yeah, like, why would you call your perks or traits attributes? It just confuses it just confuses people and players and stuff like just call them perks yeah. or traits
0: and as a dumb person i skipped there entirely because i thought oh i already picked my guy's attributes Why don't i do it again i guess you're saying it twice for extra like don't forget to do this
1: yeah yeah and i and i had to tell you to like <sighs> like why does your officer have no <laughs> why does your officer has have, no, have no powers uh, so yeah the, the, and this is one bit of i guess editing or formatting stuff that somebody could have told joseph about like you know hey maybe rename them and nothing of value will be lost if you do and it will be i quite like the attributes otherwise
0: yeah they're interesting um like they're basically tags for units like the artillerist has the artillery tag which doesn't do shit except in some missions you might be like oh need artillery to blow this guy up you know good thing i've got an artillerist i can use his special thing of having that tag to interact with the scenario that way, or like a combat engineer, a yeah. demolitionist, or a priest. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise...
1: Like, not all of the uh, attributes are just like that. You have, like, quick reload, or, like, as I mentioned, move through cover, nimble, stuff like
0: that. Yeah, technician. They, they're generally good. Just don't call them yeah. attributes. <laughs> um, yeah, and most things have access to the office of attributes, which is a pretty... Good way to like give your guy some flavor and like so, like yeah he's like he's hard to put down which is you know obviously he's got a great face which also says a lot about who he is like, yeah like I said and there uh, aren't that many so you're not going to be like oh you've got artilleryist cannons oh I've got artilleryist volley guns aha
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, uh, I guess we're kind of slowly and int- slowly moving and introducing an army building which is actually placed before any rules in the game, which is not usually the I, best thing to do, but...
0: Uh, I hate it. Not even like an overview of how the dice are rolled.
1: Yeah, yeah, which would which would definitely help to know when you're building and stuff. But
0: yeah, army building
1: is placed in front of the rules in the game, and you start by creating your own officer. All of them have a, a single starting line. They all, they all start from, and then you get... Uh, free choices to do, like increase one stat or the other, gain one gain a trait or something, maybe increase the recruitment limit. So I think that's very much Frostgrave, because I think all the Wizards usually start the same, and then you fiddle around to make them a bit different.
0: Yeah, it's a simple way to um, increase diversity of your leaders without making them all wildly overpowered. It's like you get to be either shooty or fighty, brave or fast... Or the other one, recruitment or something
1: else. Uh, yeah,
0: it feels courage either way.
1: So yeah, you're an officer. You you can fiddle around with the officer stats. You can give them two attributes, which like that's great. It's generally good and stuff. Like uh, <laughs> you you you'd think you'd say hard hard to put down would be. Uh, The easy pick, but it isn't because it interacts with like damage reduction rerolls and again you get a limited amount of it in the game. So it's not an it's not an already like, you know, a must pick with others being trap choices because it's not like getting overseer in Necromunda where you have to get it. If you're not taking it, you're leaving stuff on the table. You don't generally need to get that one. Uh so yeah, uh, those are good, and then and then you go into the inventory, which the officers can lit the the officers can literally take anything, and basically every time anyone gets to choose, they can basically take anything, uh, except as long as you uh, <clears throat> as long as you fit within the limitations, which is like you have six item spots in the character. Rif- uh, yep. Rifles, uh, muskets, and heavy guns take two spots. You also need to save a spot for ammunition, and uh, yeah, so you can take so you can take your guns, and then you get to choose an item or two from the special inventory list, which probably should be something you do before the missions because special inventory is mostly taking salt, sil- silver, weapons, and like salt shot to fight monsters but not all monsters are immune not all monsters are vulnerable to everything so if you're taking a a bag of salt to shoot at ghosts and stuff and you go into a mission that has werewolves and salt ain't doesn't do much to a werewolf so yeah
0: no monsters uh oh there's one monster perfectly enrolled with everything before you like give it a weakness but for the most part, if you're content to be like doing less damage overall, you can just shoot away a lot and <laughs> it'll fall over.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that's what I did with the Changeling. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you can get your, your character, your items. The, 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 you don't have to balance any point costs and stuff, because the, there aren't that many choices in the game, and few of them are blatantly better than the others except for the rifle which is just straight up better than the musket <laughs> and uh, Yeah, they also have such fun stuff as like the blunderbusses, which are uh, Like you know, they're there are there you are uh, Napoleonic shotguns there they have short range, but they you can but they, you can punish somebody who uh, puts a few guys close to each other and then you have the Molly gun, which is uh, like the multi-barreled uh, gun that uh, What's the sharp character sergeant parker who had that one later? It's like you can only shoot that yeah, once exactly. a game, but it's uh, uh, But it's uh, But it's pick like a super point, a super shot when gets
0: shot. Yeah? yeah You pick a point and three guys in an, an inch of that point all get hit it's like it's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ah! So, yeah. So... I think I, I think that's the gun that Harper had uh, uh, Sharp. So... It's also inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> there's only so much you can do to complain. You also get pistols, which have the dubious honor of the only weapon that doesn't need ammo to reload, but also have 8-inch range, so you're not shooting much. Breastplate is the only piece of armor that we mentioned, and it exists. Uh, melee weapons are not differentiated at all. You get a heavy weapon which takes two slots but does more damage. You take a hand weapon which does damage. There's also improvised weapons if you want to shank someone with a bow. And
0: uh, well, those are all power dice, and you got the offensive weapon which does skill dice. So if you're trying to push one way or the other with your dice for some reason, I don't know why because you can't control the dice or what dice you well, use for things.
1: Well, I say you could probably. Uh, do fudging like this, like if you have your mooks, like your soldiers, all roll on power dice, then you can uh, put all the skill dice on your character in case you, so you basically have two separate pools of re-rolls, one for your officer and one for your troops, but it's, uh, I don't know it's I, the, the difference is kind of small and subtle there, so it's not game breaking or anything yeah, it's so yeah, uh, the item selection is fairly simple. We, uh, the, the good thing is that muskets and rifles already come with bayonets, so you're not just you don't you're not forced to get another call, another hand weapon or something. But we'd love it if you had more incentives to charge in and stab people, which is like maybe give bayonets like a bonus to do that, uh, or like make rifles. Either take two actions to reload, or you have to roll for the rifle uh, loading to happen in one action, or something like that. We we
0: should really take by to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, if they punch you, they're gonna have got a improvised weapon rather than a hand weapon, which is not gonna kill anything in one go. So that's the problem that you'd have.
1: So yeah, and then after you've done your officer. You get to build the rest of the crew. Like the game recommends, going for guys over toys. Well, you can't buy toys. The soldiers already come with their own equipment. This is Frostgrave again, and
0: uh, yeah, and yeah, pick seven, and the, the no pick less seven.
1: Yeah, pick up to seven dudes uh, as long as you have the money. And the, no, no, no,
0: pick seven. Okay, okay. Pick seven dudes. Don't pick six. That's what the game says. Like don't, you yeah, don't go six. shooting yourself in the foot before the game's begun.
1: And as the playtesting showed, you do, you do shoot yourself in the foot if you go with like six dudes, or something like. And this is a, and uh, when it comes to picking the uh, soldier characters and stuff, this is another, I guess, a strength of the game and where it uh, mostly does Napoleonic's right is that you get list of soldiers that you can pick for any which one country and, I, <laughs> and Britain gets the most because of course it does but like it's great because you have a lot of dudes to, to pick from and for every nation like even Russia and Spain and each nation has a few like you know unique units they can use and I think it, I think it's great for anyone who already has a collection of Napoleonic miniatures because you can essentially take any guy you want and put them, put them uh, on your table. And then you have a few types of units that are basically for the horror part of this game, which are like occultists that supernatural investigators. So you don't only have your regular-ass Napoleonic miniatures on the table. You can go freaky with it.
0: Yeah, so you've got your gamut of uh, pistol and hand weapon havers, your friendly mini monsters like web bears or Damedeers yeah those viruses, are, those are viruses. usually like
1: you know uh, specific to a country.
0: yeah like Austria gets shitty vampires Russia gets wear bears and champions of faith uh, That's true so you get yeah, your long gun have long gun havers so your soldiers special scenario tags like artillerist or engineer. And your spell thingers, there's people with like. So your priest can like increase someone's courage or heal them. And your. Oh, what was that? Elementalist. Uh, that's the occultist. Can do like. Yeah. So a lot of things. And those guys can also like bless weapons and get you around different um, monster defenses. Yeah. Something's yeah. wrong with a blessed or like enchantments. Um, and that, 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 that. I think. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. I think it's really cool to see Australia in this game. Um, ever since we joined, you know, Eurovision, it's fun to see us go back and be included in more European things.
1: Yeah, and uh, Dampier is a perfect way to put Tories in the game. So you know,
0: mm. makes sense.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> like the lists are fairly good. You get like twenty dudes to choose from, and it's like uh, you can probably, if if you really want to uh, do tiers and stuff, you can like you know separate which guys are like just random shooty guys random support guys or my officer but smaller guys because you have quite a few of those um and there's like you know non obvious choices you'd you'd feel like there's uh, like prussia and spain has swordsmen as a special character because like they have fencing schools You get uh, the countries that have navies have marines and sailors for uh, as a choice. Uh, You get both heavy cavalry and the light cavalry. You both have light cavalrymen and heavy cavalrymen. Go with the light one. He doesn't have
0: the breastplate. Um, I don't think it slows him down the horse though. What? I don't think the the breastplate slows you down the
1: horse though. I don't know. I. It's yeah. one of those things where rules could be better and more explicit and, like, <laughs> remember the uh, can you melee after sprint disagreement? Yeah. That was a whole a whole thing that we don't want to reiterate there, but that's one of those places where rules could have definitely been written more explicitly and with more editing.
0: Well, it's, it's a narrative game, not a tournament game, so you should make your own fun with the GM.
1: I don't remember him saying that for the general rules, but maybe I just skipped that part.
0: But yeah. Oh, that's just what this alligator has been like, that's all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean. So yeah. Army building, generally good. You get your officer yeah. that you can uh, dole out to the knights, he, he, he can go dressed in his best dress blues. And then you get your other guys. Some of the other guys also have like. A junior officer, or like I think a supernatural investigator or veteran hunter, is basically built. Built you. You basically build it like a junior, like a lesser version of your officer. And I guess the vampire is also like that. And while and while you can't choose the equipment for your regular dudes, you can give them one supernatural combat item each. So which is also nice, and also
0: be- lets yeah, you. has torches and fuel.
1: And the, both gives them an edge when fighting werewolves and shooting gremlins in the face. Uh, So yeah, that shit's great. You know what shit isn't great? The damn campaign Uh, rules.
0: Oh Yeah. Well, we don't have to talk about it. It's fine. No one plays campaigns anyway. Well, I would love to play a campaign, but uh, it's...
1: Uh, generally it should could, could have more going for it especially with the balancing rubber banding rules because we, we tried to play our uh, second game with like a 12 level difference in characters like i gave cass 12 levels to boost his dudes with uh, and what i would get for my effort for playing against him was was basically one fate die and maybe one additional xp point after the combat which well, it doesn't ha- help me while i'm in combat and one fate die all oh, isn't much fortunately we played last stand and we never fired that well, and we never fought each other characters because we were too busy fighting the eight or 10 bandits camped in the middle of the map
0: oh and I think. They... Yeah, I don't think this game needs experience going up like this, Larry.
1: No... Well, the experience system is weird. Everyone who survives gets one point of experience, and at most, they get another point of experience. And in very rare cases, if you literally shoot Dracula in the face, the character might have free experience in the match, which means that, on the best of circumstances, you can only advance one dude one level after playing two scenarios. Which is somewhat less than exciting because the first advance is getting one courage, which I guess is useful, but it's not exciting at all. And also, I didn't like the thing that there's... uh, um, Basically, you have to grab your guys for every mission or they basically disappear forever. And it's like, what am I playing? Kill teammate edition. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Too bad about the uh, campaign system. It's there, but it's not.
0: I that. think the link through his missions is fun enough, but you don't need to. Yeah. I don't know Nicol and Danya guys slightly better. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And like, uh, I think that I think that's the uh, that's the one way where I that's the one place where I noticed or at least looked at it at the terrible. Awful attitude that This is that a game is not a tournament Game so it doesn't have to be carefully Balanced <sighs> The official stance of this podcast Is that all games should Be as ba- as Tightly written and, and balanced As possible and Balance is not some sort of Antithesis of fun Like you can have games where you Fall off ledges and die and stuff and You just have to write that game so you don't have true trap choices when like, you know, building an army or like in this game where you don't have any reason to charge in and stab someone. Just
0: yeah, This game avoids that pretty well and if you realize in mission one that charging is dumb and you shouldn't try to punch people, you can just reorganize your entire force to be rough on them and that's fine. Yeah, I mean
1: uh, one thing that does play out from this rule is that your basic Fusilier, Infantryman, musketman is an actually decent combat piece Because like he's not that much worse than the more expensive Varieties of infantry though. I I will say because I told you this before that there is a bit of a funny smart uh, Game writing going with this where like the infantryman has 10 health, but the Grenadier has 11 health Which means that you can't one shot a Grenadier so it's like you know, <laughs> it's fun in a it, it, it's it's fun in a way. I don't I don't know if I can actually explain it to someone who doesn't find the concept funny. But like you know, it, it, the grenadier isn't that much tougher, but you can't one shot a healthy grenadier. But the,
0: yeah, but, which is a huge increase in his defense, and he's also defense fourteen versus um, the usual of thirteen. Actuators. Yeah, which means in cover he's defense 15, which means if you've moved and he's in cover it's defense 16, rapidly becomes a number you can't hit.
1: And the answer is never move by riflemen.
0: Yeah, they are plus two. So they can move and shoot to in cover and not really care as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but also riflemen don't have to move
1: because 38 range. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's basically that's basically it. <laughs> that's basically for the rules and the rule complaints. And now talking about excuses to buy miniatures, uh, yeah, the game says that you don't even have to have legit Napoleonic miniatures. You can do whatever because these aren't field armies. These are special force secret squirrel dudes. And if the tier one operators of today are extremely happy about their beards and Punisher masks and like FIAs, You can you can imagine what an annoying guy with with like you know a desire to open up a veteran opium parlour or whatever they did in the Napoleonic era what they would do to dress up cool and fight vampires with.
0: And there's also official minis from North Star military figures, and they're long in the tooth. I'm
1: going to say.
0: I like a lot of what they're going for, but I just don't like the execution, and that's just an aesthetic that I'm not into. It's not a criticism or condemnation of the miniatures themselves.
1: Well, I'm going to say that they're... Uh, you, yes, as you said, you see where they're going from, that the sculpting leaves something to be desired. Uh, but the good part is that, hey, you know what's the non-World War Two military period that has a... Metric shit ton of miniatures made for it. It's Napoleonics. and so if you're yep. playing British you can probably Buy boxes of like 2100 dudes that costs as much as like a single games workshop character for your army and stuff and do whatever Or if you have an existing sharp practice army or even a Napoleonic army, which you didn't multi base You can already move that and at that at the end of the day just like Sharp Practice, this is a good game for people who want to get into Napoleonics but don't want to paint 200 miniatures. And doing accurately research uniforms where you paint the uh, labels yellow and whatever and do all the brass buttons and stuff. This is one of the games where you can definitely do that because you only have eight dudes on the table. So, like, go wild. Live a little.
0: Yeah. Um, it's It's... In that regard, it's, it can be quite cheap. Like Northside guys are three quids per model, and I'm sure you could convert them up really easily with your um, bits box you've got at home, or a mate with a 3D printer, or like you can esp-
1: yeah you can especially uh, just basically do whatever when it comes to like the specialist characters, like supernatural investigators, or or the veteran hunters, or the doctors even, or the Russian, uh, Russian and Spanish champions of faith. <laughs> like, I wanted to get one of those, you know, Orthodox priests, but apparently there's not a single miniature of that for tabletop simulator, so I had to make two. Yeah. But uh, just go wild, go crazy. Maybe don't do what Ash Barker did and just use, like, Turnip 28 miniatures for it, but... <laughs> The game supports this. Maybe your Spanish decided to dust off some Conquistador Marion helmets for uh, fighting vampires and stuff.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, if I was going to fight a werewolf, I'd probably try and source some of my granddaddy's plate armor, but armor's um, bad, so. <laughs> Apparently. Ha, <laughs> huh, so that's why we're not using this anymore. Mm.
1: Yeah, so, go wild. Um, though my, my suggestion would just be to make this a stealth entrance into Sharp Practice, which I
0: haven't played, but I've also never heard a bad thing about. So, yeah, I mean, if you if your friend is excited by this game, you could do worse than a couple of the afternoons on the weekend playing this. Do worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we mentioned like there's those quibbles and stuff, but it's generally you know an okayish to goodish game, especially when it comes to. Uh, Flavor and scenario design, which is uh, very good. And hey, oh shit We just got gotten into the compliment sandwich So I'm going to say that my first thing that I like about this game is how the Atmosphere and the premise is sold through the scenarios, which as far as I read them are great And the only places there stumble is basically that have to do with the rules that we described but overall Quite a few other games can probably learn something from looking at the way Joseph a McCullough did scenarios for this one uh, how to make uh, how to make scenarios that just drip with the setting like it's like obvious what we're doing here you can't say that this is any other game you it's not chain of command scenario one which is just about shooting dudes no. Everything in here is about being a supernatural investigator, man shooter in the Napoleonic era, and maybe having a fancy hat. So yeah, scenarios, unalloyed good. How about you, Cassa?
0: Uh I mean, the the simple uh, dice mechanics just perfect. Just they're so good. I don't know why you'd use a d20 in any of your skirmish games, and you could rip this off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think, going forward, this should be the dice mechanic for all of his future games, especially if he can, if he can uh, find ways to make it to make the difference between the two die more pronounced and, like, you know, have better uses or manipulations and stuff.
0: But yeah, just like. You make one roll, there's your hit, there's your damage. You can re-roll one of the dice. It's just I don't know, it's, it's just blindingly elegant in a way that these games always seem to have this one really, really good idea in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now, let's talk about one blindingly bad idea that we do not like.
0: Uh, I'll go first. Um, I don't know what horse person hurt him and why he had to put that pain in this game. But it makes me sad that cavalry is so bad in this game and i wish they weren't
1: yeah maybe horse girls uh, universally don't like rangers of shadow leap or something but yeah this is like you know this is less riding a horse and more riding a donkey as far as as f- things go and maybe a, even a donkey would be more spirited on a battlefield because Uh, I understand why it's done that you can't can't remount uh, the horse because it would be like maybe too much keeping of uh, Bookkeeping or something. I don't know But the game says that once you dismount the horse the the horse just fucks off because it's scared Then it's like it just plays into the vibe that take horse be sad Meanwhile, I'm going to harp again on the uh, the combat rules don't encourage you acting aggressive and going for it. It's just shoot and shoot some more and stand and shoot and you can't do anything to get less shot at. So, yeah, feels bad, please fix.
0: Yeah, they definitely have that problem of... I mean, negative sets up the shooting isn't going to be relevant but it's so much more powerful than every other action you can take
1: yeah i mean especially since it takes you a few turns to get into melee and like sure sure we're not advocating for games workshop solving the melee army issue by just giving them ability to get a charge on the first turn that's bad you you have to play around with neutralizing enemy shooting somehow of like you know if it was 40k by suppressing the enemy or launching smoke grenades or
0: something, do something with it. And Well, like, your big musket makes a cloud of smoke when you shoot it, like I've seen every TV show ever. Yeah. Deal with that. Move. Yeah, exactly. Like, we know, we know McCullough
1: is, isn't an idiot. and He has ideas. He's, he's a smart, he's a smart dude. He just needs to, he just needs to sit down and think like, Okay, how do I make how do I make uh, melee both viable, interesting, and desirable without going the game's workshop route? I mean, man can do it. Yeah. Just have to feel the de- have to feel the desire to do it. On the other hand, uh, to put the other piece of bread on the sandwich, I like the. Uh, I like the uh, Army list well not army list the dudes list it's because like It's not obvious that you'd have both sailors and Marines in a Napoleonic game But I like it. It gives you a wide variety of dudes to choose from and uh, It gives you a wide variety of uh, Napoleonic warfare miniatures to choose from though. I don't know if anybody really makes sailors and Marines but you, and it, I like the special sprinklings of flavor that each army gets like both from having access to unique units like Werebears are Tampiers and also Just uh, Historic access to units like if you if you if you are one of the countries like France or Spain I guess that have colonial empires you have access to Native guides or native scouts like sure. I don't know how functionally good they are in Europe, but hey, maybe you're playing muskets and tomahawk, uh, muskets and tomahawks, the supernatural edition. Maybe you're actually fighting yeah. the harvestmen in the wilds of the uh, the Lions of Canada or something.
0: So I like the
1: flavor that's both explicitly and implicitly exists in the uh, army lists.
0: It also brings up making your um, own national recruitment lists, army lists as well. If you want to like, if you wanted to go and do like colonial um, skirmishing, which would probably be fun.
1: Or if you want to add like I don't know, Portugal was
0: Portugal a fucking back then,
1: something like that? You probably. can add it. It would be nice if the uh, game had future expansions that featured like more of non-European it's been, powers. We have two weeks. What?
0: But yeah, sorry.
1: Ah, out you out for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But like. <laughs> Always have an eye on the future, and also I already saw people on 4chan complaining that this is going to be like a release and dump game, which...
0: Shut up, just shut up. Yeah, like give something a chance to breathe and make a reaction.
1: Yeah, and also it's not like it's a game where you uh, get miniatures that you won't be able to use for anything else. So, was, was was that your second part? Was that your second compliment no, part, or do you have a distant point? I second
0: one. one. I'm, I'm going to reiterate my Australian's joke, because I think that's funny.
1: I mean, yeah, it's great. Um, we even posted <laughs> a, a fitting joke on uh,
0: Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, haha. ha. Um, I think the Fate Pool is the only thing I like, apart from the dice. Uh, it's kind of a bummer it never refills, except through clues. Oh, oh yeah, clue tokens exist, and they're irrelevant. Um, and only one trait gets you more fake dice. I think like one more dice per turn would make it feel less like oh, I can never use these and sort of something like oh this is a recurring, re- recurring resource I have to like manage and like look after rather than like oh I'm shot use it use it use it it's all gone okay doesn't matter anymore mm.
1: Yeah, there's a there is a fine line that that can be
0: tread between
1: never refilling or refilling under very speci- very very specific circumstances and Games Workshop command points. They're everywhere. Move a rock, there's a command point. Uh, throw a dice, there's a command point. Don't throw a dice, there's a command point. Like there is a fine line to tread, and it would be help would helpful it would be helpful if you had some ways to refilling, especially. If those ways of refilling asked you to risk something, to do aud- audacious stuff to demonstrate your land to get them. But in general, I like I like that it's here. I like it, that it exists, and I like that the monster dice are there to mess with the AI.
0: Yeah, I think it works really well.
1: So uh, for the uh, uh, for the next second to last uh, part of this uh, of this uh, podcast. Would you play this game, Kasa? No.
0: <laughs> well, uh, to,
1: care to elaborate?
0: <laughs> um, It's fine. Like I said, I love the mechanics of the game um, at the base level. Just the act of playing it and the way it's still, if you have a gun, you're going to win or you're going to have a strong chance to win, except for being a road to death. which is still the funny shit. Like, there's no reason to ever try and force the issue or, like, bring cutlasses to bear. It is just, I'm going to stand here and shoot you. And if you get next to a clue marker, I'm going to shoot you because you're next to a clue marker and you can't shoot me back. Or you have out of action or something. And if you fire back at me, you now are an enormous target for the rest of my army because you can't reload on as a reaction at all. So guns are too good. And using a gun is too hard.
1: But. Yeah, I think I agree on that. I, I, th- I don't want to say that I wouldn't play this game. I would play it if if we were playtesting some of the uh, fixes that we mentioned or if someone released uh, at the time of recording day 12 patch for, for it <laughs> to make, uh, you know... Going in and stabbing people more uh you know uh more of a thing in the silver Yeah, more, more
0: reliable or just like an option you could do.
1: Yeah, just make just make the rules more Napoleonic. That, as we both agree, the uh, the rules have a uh, solid backing. The two D10 system is good. The uh Hitting and damaging dice being rolled into a single roll is actually good Uh, Yeah, so uh, uh, Please release a patch uh, Joseph Senpai Uh, um, This game that maybe yeah, I mean you can't leave a game this the this rich in atmosphere like even the pdf is beautiful it looks like yeah, a, oh the art yeah it's so good yeah the art is good there's no miniature pictures it's all like you know hand drawings or like like hand uh, coal cold sketches stuff like that it's 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 a bit of a bloodstained journal but like not in a way where like in uh force on force or tomorrow's war where it gets in the way it just looks good no it's
0: it's Great, evocative, uh, brain bug designs, did it apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just sets the tone and just crushes it home.
1: Yeah, the only the only thing missing in Silver Bayonet is the rules bearing out the tone. So yeah, do those fixes. Oh yeah, re- that's right. Release one point five edition or something, and we'll play it no problem. right?
0: I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd play. I'd book at. I wouldn't play. I'm, I'm playing like six games at once. Blah, blah, blah. The main thing that, why I don't want to play this game is it's not done. It doesn't feel done. Like It feels like 85% of the way there, and then it's padded out too much.
1: Yeah. Make the rules more Napoleonic. Live a little.
0: Yeah. Or, or even go the other way. Like, stop pretending it's Napoleonic and just say we are doing. Horror skirmish in like adjacent to that era.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, but you know, I, I, I don't know. You you still yeah. have expectations for muskets, you know. Totally. So it's, so yeah. Uh, all in all, sil- silver bayonet, uh, basically, in always superior to sludge wars. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Could be a good game. Could. I think it's a solid 7 out of 10. You know, that kind of, like, video games sort of scale of, like, this is a solid game. I wouldn't feel bad playing it. But it's not... I'm not going to think about it in six months.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that has been uh, The Silver Bayonet by Joseph A. McCullough and Osprey Games and, I guess, Brain Bug Design Designs. Uh, I have been your host, uh, JC Dent. You can find any links you want me to find on in the show description.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm also in the show notes, I hope.
1: And uh, if you look at the show notes, I, what, what I'm hoping to do for this episode is to make use of the screenshots we make for the playtesting on Tabletop Simulator and write a blog post about it that illustrates this a bit, because like, you know, shock of all shocks, Maybe there is some merit to having some visual representation to your criticism of a tabletop miniature wargame.
0: No, it's an audio medium. Yeah, I know. We're
1: doing... Folks, we're doing miniature wargames theater of the mind.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it works great for me with Aphantasia, so...
1: Uh, this is a, this is the one type of game where I always get a uh, cover bonus. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll meet you all in two weeks where we have some other unexpected games. It's for Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> More. I'm excited. Yep. Next time, Australian fantasy game. <laughs> bye bye.